Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. And joining me today is my friend and longtime supporter behind the scenes. This is Jason Alba. Say hi, Jason. Hey, how's it going? Jason is a speaker. He's a developer of amazing products. He's kind of a guru about careers on purpose. And I could maybe say more about that, but Jason, share with us a little bit about where you're coming from, what your story is, so that we can lead into this topic today. Okay, perfect. So about 13 years ago, I got let go from a job and... Uh, Whoa, that's tragic. Well, they say it is, right? Like, what, what are the think? most tragic things in the world? You get fired. Divorce. <sighs> death. Bankruptcy. Yep. And uh, okay, losing so, your job. So you lost so, your job. Lost my job and uh, I was not ready for it. Um, I knew it was coming. I saw the writing on the wall, but I... The writing wasn't real until it really happened, and because uh, I still had this. Well, no, that won't it won't happen to me. I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And then one day, I found myself driving away from my office, never to go back again. And it was I experienced so many emotions. I was thrilled that I didn't have to worry about any of the stuff I worried about a few hours earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was terrified. I was scared to death about how I was gonna not end up on the street. And my wife was pregnant. And I tell people, never get laid off when your wife is pregnant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as if you control the timing of all that. Yeah, of either. So uh, so anyways, I started a job search and it was horrible. It was my first real job search that I've ever done. And I didn't really know what I was doing. I had, before that, I had been in demand. I'd never had to look for a job and not have something. Mm-hmm. And so um, I started this very frustrating process of trying to figure out how to find a job. And I was going between advice from maybe 10 or 15 years earlier and then mm-hmm. and then how to do it then. And I just had no training in education. So I did a lot of the wrong things. And so doing a lot of the wrong things, I kept kind of running up against walls and not making any progress. And I finally thought, okay, I need to learn what this job search process is. I want right. to pull back and analyze this and figure out what I'm doing right, which wasn't much, and what I'm doing wrong and how, how I can improve it. And during this whole process of understanding the job search and networking and all this stuff, I, that's when I learned about um, what would really set me forward and in, in my next career, which was uh, a, a lot of articles said things like um, you need to keep track of of who you talk to and where you apply yeah. and all of that organizational stuff. And it's all in the follow up, really. Uh, the follow up is an, is a huge part, not just of the job search, but yeah. everything we do, everything. I, I have my kids story. go, my kids go do chores. And one of my big things is return and report. I want you to come back and follow up, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, these career coaches and career experts are saying to stay organized and follow up, but they had no tools. They said, do it. We don't know how you'll do it, but just do it. 
And I thought, well, there there's ways that salespeople do this. Yeah. Why can't we have that for job seekers who happen to have zero money? And Which is really so, a sales job. It is a sales job. You're prospecting, you're finding, you're networking, all the stuff that salespeople are doing. Right. And so I came up with this idea to create a software that in the sales world they call CRM, Customer Relationship Management, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for the job seeker. And that was about 13 years ago, and I've been going ever since. This... I said you were a longtime supporter because behind the scenes, Jason, I track my follow-up. Like if if someone wants me to speak at a conference or if I want to speak at a particular event, there's a process I have to go through. It takes several touches and a lot of follow-up and there's timelines and schedules to be aware of. And so I became aware of your platform. It's called Jibber Jobber. Um. And you can go find that, you guys. It's out there. It's available to you. Jibber Jobber allowed me to keep track of these things in a way that has closed business deals for me. It's got me jobs. And I'm not looking for a traditional job. I remember you and I talked about this a while back, that this is a pretty good thing for people who aren't looking for a traditional job. You can still track your contacts and your leads and... And do the follow-up that's necessary to get there. Yeah. Because there's a lot to it. Yeah. So, I mean, in addition to the importance of my kids following up, if you think about it, everything we do has a follow-up factor because we're dealing with humans, right? And so early on in my job search, I was at a dinner with other job seekers and spouses. and, And this one guy was up talking about all the complexities of the job search and, you know, you need to follow up and you need to keep track of this. And where did you apply and where are you at with this company? And mm-hmm. maybe I remember when when my job search organization broke was when I had applied to the fifth position in a job. And I was like, OK, now I don't remember where I'm at with any of these five. Did I just start? Have I interviewed? Like it was so confusing. And um, Everything. So what you just talked about, that process of your your prospect and following mm-hmm. up, multiply that by dozens or even over a hundred. Oh, yeah. And then it gets really, really messy. And so mm-hmm. and then just for someone like you, you know, I, I've always thought, well, I, I've been self-employed for the last 13 years and I call mm-hmm. that unemployed. Right. I am always looking for another job which means I'm always doing the same thing that the job seeker is doing. So that's really a lot of what my system is about. So there's principles behind this, Jason. It would be interesting to to dig into some of the mechanics and things, but I think the principles is where we start. Okay. And I know that you're a very principle-based thinker, that, that what you do I think is on purpose. That's why you're on this show today, right? I, I love... I love doing things on purpose instead of having things happen to you. Yes. I want to be in a little bit more control. Sure. And that's one of the principles that's behind this. Instead of just haphazardly going about hoping for something good to happen, you set your intentions and then you follow a very clear process that's principle-based to bring about your intended goal. Absolutely. Yeah. What have you learned about that in this whole process? Um, I think one of the most important principles is that we are not doing this alone. 
right? Whether you're in your job search mm. or whether you're an entrepreneur and you're getting, you know, little gigs and, and jobs here and there, you have to um, work with people. Right. And that brings in a whole lot of complexities, right? Because mm-hmm. it might be that you need to persuade somebody um, or you need to educate them on what you have to offer. It mm-hmm. might mean that um, if you think about not following up, what, what does that do for your brand, right? And then mm-hmm. how do you dig yourself out of the hole of having a bad brand or a tarnished brand? Mm-hmm. So um, one of the most important parts of everything that we do, you and I in, in both of our careers and, and the people who use Jibber Jobber, we have to understand what it means to interact with other humans that are, that are close to us. doesn't mean we have to love them. doesn't mean we have to like them. Or that we have to want to continue to interact with them because I've fired people before. Like I've had, um, <laughs> I've had relationships with people, working relationships with people where it was very one-sided or it, or it felt toxic. Yeah. And and even though there could have been good that came out of still working with a particular person, mm-hmm. I got to the point where I was like, you know what, this is not good for me. I I need to sever this relationship and we both move on in different ways. But anyways, right. I think one of the most important things I've learned is you're not, no matter how great you are and smart and tenacity and all the stuff that can make someone successful, we have to do this with other people. And, and that opens up a whole, a whole lot of conversation. So that's where we cross into my industry in psychology. Uh, people are fairly predictable. For you. Well... I still get shocked by people. <laughs> we'll get those little surprises every so often. I think after being a shrink for a couple of decades, it's hard to shock me just because I've seen and heard a lot of yeah. a lot of goofy stuff. But when I say people are fairly predictable, when we interact with someone, how they feel in that interaction is going to drive their decision making which is why the follow-up is important. Because if someone reaches out to you and wants you to hire them, and you don't initially hire them, and they never follow up, well, they're lost to you. Yeah, forever. And they're not really trying to build a relationship with you. They're just trying to get something from you. I don't know about you, Jason, but I can smell that from a mile away. If somebody just wants to get something from me. Have you noticed that as well? Yeah, I've definitely had takers, people who just mm-hmm. take. And um, it can be exhausting, but, you know, I mean, I have to weigh whether there's something that's mutually beneficial. Yeah. And sometimes I'll give to a taker. Um, I've actually had people who have have given me very sad stories of it and, and they can't afford my $5 a month upgrade. And could I please give it to them? And and, and I promise that I'll tell all my friends about it. And, and they never do. Like, they, I give and they never... <laughs> and, and that's one tiny example. $5 um, a month. But, but what I've learned is I would rather give in some situations, even without getting, just for the whole idea of karma. Like, I will go to yeah. bed feeling better about myself. And maybe I just gave something charitably... Then going mm-hmm. to bed thinking, ah, I won. I, I made sure not to give them something without them, you know, having to give me something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think for me, it's a measured thing. Like you got you to gotta think about how you're going to feel afterwards. Right. And, and consider how the person on the other end is feeling. 
So instead of showing up as a taker, you can show up as someone who's trying to create a mutual benefit there. Yeah. I mean, in the career realm, the only reason someone's going to hire you, whether you're an entrepreneur or someone who's looking for a more traditional job, the only reason they would hire you is that they believe that you will create more value for them than you will consume in whatever they pay yeah, you. Yeah, right. And that's a basic principle that I think is consistent for pretty much anybody. They want to know that this is going to be a winning proposition. Right. So then the question becomes, how do you prove that you are going to bring more value than what you'll cost? Right. As we get into the second half of the program today, maybe we can identify a few additional principles and maybe some practical take-homes based on what we've talked about. Are you down for that? Absolutely. Everybody, this is Jason Alba today at Live On Purpose Radio, and we'll be right back. Hey, Live On Purpose family. I know you're a fan of personal development, and that's why you're here on the podcast. Something else that I think you would really like is Live On Purpose TV. Come on over to youtube.com forward slash live on purpose TV, where you will find daily episodes that are all geared toward powering up your personal development program. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. And we're back. Jason Alba, Live on Purpose Radio, careers on purpose because there is purpose behind it and there are principles that drive this whole thing. Jason, I'm hoping we can get into some practical application because you and I could talk philosophy all day. Yeah. And sometimes we've gone to lunch and we have talked philosophy the whole time. As far as the practicality of this, you've advised a lot of people who are in this same boat that you found yourself in. You lost your job, which we joked a little earlier that, oh, what a tragic thing. Well, really? I mean, it launched a new career for you. Yeah, good ending. And what we make out of our life circumstances is probably more important than what happens to us. So give us some practical stuff. Okay. Where where do we start? So um, let me start with one of my most favorite things that I came up with. I I figure every 18 months I have a brilliant idea. (laughs) And you write them down. No, I act on them. I actually Even I grab them and I work <laughs> on them. This was one of my Wonderful. brilliant ideas. So I don't remember where I was somewhere speaking and um, I, I was talking to this audience of job seekers and I said, you know, one thing that you have to believe is that people around you want to help you. And this, this poor mom and daughter, they were both adults, they were <laughs> sitting on the front row and they're like, nope. Nobody, none of our family, neighbors, nobody wants to help nobody. us. And I thought that was really sad. The The point that I was making, though, was really awesome. And it's one of my favorite things that I've come up with in this 13 years that I've been doing this. Mm-hmm. So people would come up to me and they would say, how's your job search going? Uh-huh. And, you know, normally job seekers think, well, it stinks because I'm still in a job search and that's not good. <laughs> There's nothing yeah. good about my job search the right now. The only thing good is if it ends. Yeah, exactly. So ask me when it ends, how it went. 
Um, so, but so, you know, we can't say that. So we typically say it's going good or it's fine or whatever. And that's it. We don't, we don't know what else to say. Those are kind of flabby words. And they're not helpful, right? So what I've figured out is if you ask me how my job search is going, what I need to believe is that you're asking me a different question. You're actually asking me, how can I help you in your job search? So when you say, how's your job search going? And I say, fine, that kind of makes sense. But if you say, how, how can I help you in your job search? And I say, fine, that doesn't make sense at doesn't all. doesn't make sense. And so, so you have to translate the question. Translate in the question. First. And then how can I help you help me? Right. And so most job seekers don't know. If, if job right. seekers knew how to help, they wouldn't, they would get a job. Right. And, and if they knew right. how their friends could help them, but I'm going to tell you what I learned. Okay. So. First of all, you have to answer the question, which was, how is it going? And you say, great, or fine, or okay, or whatever. The next part of that is helping you help me, which is saying something like this. I am looking for someone who works at one of my target companies. Do Mm -hmm. you know someone who works at company A, B, or C? Now, all I've asked you is a yes or no question. You, right. Immediately you start thinking, your, your lizard brain starts going to yes or no, yes or no, someone at that company, yes or no. And, and yeah. hopefully your answer will be a yes. And if it is a yes, then my next question is, would you mind giving me an introduction or would you give me an introduction to that person? And, and I don't care if they work at the front desk or uh, on the top floor. I now have a real warm introduction to someone at one of my target companies. And I've helped you help me. Now, I have to take it from there and mm. I have to go meet with that person and have what we call informational interviews and stuff like that. Yeah. But the whole idea is I have now helped these dozen people who I see every week who say, how's your job search going? I now have figured out a way to have you actually help me in my job search. Which they're happy to do. Oh, elated. I mean, you everybody's happy to help somebody who's down on, on their luck, right? And they didn't ask the question that you just answered. But you translate that question because if they had thought of it, they would have said, how can I help you with your job search? They don't want a huge burden or a task list. But for you to answer it that way puts them in a position where they can assist you. They're going to feel good about themselves for doing that. And you just increased the quality of that conversation. Right. And so let's take it one step further. Let's say you don't know anybody at my target companies. Okay. You're going to spend the next week thinking... Oh wait, maybe maybe Aunt Mary works at that. You're gonna start. You're gonna be thinking about me and my target companies. Yeah. And next week when we talk, you might say, "Hey, Jason, I actually do know someone who works there. I'd, I'm happy to give you an introduction." Or we we meet again, and I say, "Do you know anyone who works at one of my target companies?" And I give you three different companies, mm-hmm. and now you have another opportunity to figure out. You know, what go into your network to see who could help me out. So I think it's a great way of working with people. What I love about this too, Jason, is that we are being proactive on purpose about our desired objective. And and we just turned a conversation into more of a collaboration. Yeah. I love that. It's cool to go from a lonely one person job seeker. Mm-hmm. to having a team of a dozen people that know what you're looking for or where you're looking. Mm-hmm. And when something comes across their desk that week or a conversation they have, they can think, oh, wait, I need to bring Jason in on this. That's pretty yeah. cool to have a whole team out there helping you. 
And then you're on purpose. You're using your relationships on purpose as well. Yeah. That's awesome. You've got a couple of ideas. What what's another one that you would share with us while you're So, rolling? one of the most important things that we need to do in our careers is to have um we need to help people understand who we are and what mm-hmm. we're looking for. So, for example, if I were to come to you and say, "I want to work as a uh, business analyst at Adobe, which is mm-hmm. up the road a little bit. And and every time we talk, that's all I talk about. But what you don't know is that I've applied to a product manager role at this other company and a project manager role at another company. And I applied as a, a chief operating officer at a small startup. You didn't know that I had other um, uh, career fields that I was okay or interested in or proficient in Mm -hmm. or any of that. And you also, you know, thinking about Adobe, you're like, oh, so Jason wants to work at a really, really big, awesome company. He's probably not interested in one of these other smaller companies that I know is looking for someone like him. And Uh And so you're automatically crossing those opportunities off the list because you didn't know that I was interested in that, right? And so one of the ways that we can get around that, once again, communication. So I gave you the idea that if we meet up every week, I can give you a new three target companies every week and, Mm -hmm. and kind of expand your mind so you don't think, oh, Jason's only looking for financial services or he's only looking for retail. He's... Every week you get this bigger vision that I'm open to these other places. Right. Let me give you a different way to do this. This is actually one of my favorite tactics. I think every job seeker should have a newsletter. It doesn't have to have a lot of people on it. It could start off very small you know, with a few people and then every week you add a few more people. But the idea in this job search newsletter is that you communicate what you've been doing and where you've been interested over that last week or two weeks or month or however frequent you send your newsletter out. And so when you're when I, when I say, here are the six places that I've been interested in over the last two weeks, that automatically expands your idea of what I'm looking for mm-hmm. or interested in. And then I'll say, here are the five jobs that I've applied to or interviewed for. And now instead of thinking of Jason as a business analyst, you're like, oh, he's actually looking for these different types of roles. And I don't know Mm -hmm. any business analyst people, but I do know some product management people, right? And so just that very simple communication of what I'm doing and what I'm looking for, uh, what I've done these last two weeks, helps my audience, my network, understand better how they can help me. And then at the very end of this very short newsletter, Right. Because I'm just Mm -hmm. saying, here's where I've looked or applied. Here are the jobs that I've looked at or applied to. And then the last thing is, just like our conversation, I'm looking for introductions at my target companies. Do you know anyone who works at A, B or C? Mm -hmm. And so this job search newsletter helps people understand more of who I am. That just triggered something for me, Jason. I can see that as, as we talk about careers on purpose, you're taking on the search as a job. Yes. And I I remember a client of mine that I was working with who was coming out of prison. And it's a little difficult sometimes to get hired coming out of prison. Yeah. Well, he knew that, and he got discouraged very quickly as a result. But a condition of his release was that he had to work full time. Mm-hmm. 
And so I asked him after this conversation unfolded a little bit, I said, well, are you working full time? And he looked at me like, Doc, are you even listening to me? I can't get hired. Nobody wants to hire me. But that's not what I asked. I asked, are you ah, working yeah. full time? Could be working on his job search. Exactly. When you said a newsletter, I thought, okay, to do that kind of thing, you got to be working full time. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't wait to get hired to start working full time. When he got that, he took his job search more seriously. But also during some of the downtimes when he wasn't actually actively looking for a job, he kept working. He went to his neighbor's house. It was a widow that needed some work on her garage. Um, he was mowing the lawn. He was picking up cigarette butts on the street just to keep himself working full time, which yeah. we agreed was at least 40 hours a week. And the, the interesting thing, Jason, is he started to work full time. He got a job. I think there's a mental shift when you take yeah. it on at that level of purpose and intention. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They say that your job search needs to become your full-time job. Mm -hmm. And I was on a radio show years ago with a bunch of recruiters and, and someone that was expert in the career space. And he said that on average, uh, people in America spend, I think, one hour a day or a few hours a week on their job search. And I said, well, I spent about 10 hours a day, Monday through Saturday. And he yelled at me and called me a liar and, and said, not everybody is like you and hardly anybody is like you. And I'm thinking, well, I have mouths to feed and bills to pay. And it, I took it very, very seriously. Yeah. Let, let, me share, um, let me share one more very important thing okay. in, in the last minute that we have. Sure. One of the things that I, um, one of the reasons why losing your job is so hard and traumatizing is because at least in America, we, we tie our identity to what we do. And so when you lose your mm. job, your title, you lose your identity. Oh. And here, here's a lesson, an analogy that has stuck with me for years. Let's say you're a carpenter and I come to you and I take away your tools. Are you still a carpenter? Absolutely. And we need to have that understanding because even though I'm not working, my temporary status might be unemployed, but I still am whatever that whatever that skill set is. Right. And I think that is a huge mindset that we need to gravitate towards to help the job search not be as traumatizing as it as it is. Yes. So that you own it on purpose. That's right. <laughs> oh, I love it. Jason, how can people get connected to you, uh, to this product? I know you've written books and you've got all kinds of resources available. Uh, where would you send them? Everything is at jibberjobber.com. Jibberjobber.com. Jibberjobber. It's just how you would expect it to be spelled. So it's That's not right. going to be that hard to find. No tricks. Jibberjobber.com. You've heard today from the founder of Jibberjobber, who has a lot of reasons to believe that this stuff works because you've been practicing it and sharing it with people for all these years now. Yeah. And doing a phenomenal job. Jason, thank you for your contributions today. Thank you, today. Dr. Paul. You guys, you've heard it. It's time for you to go live on purpose. Yeah.